Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tatva Tuesday. This is Lindsay Warwick, the conduit on Spotify and YouTube as well. Um, very excited to have Zachary Townsmith on the podcast today. He is a co-founder of the Kula Collective and also LunarSolarDesign.com. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks so much, Lindsay. It's really a pleasure um, to, to have connected with you over, over the course of, of our studies and, um, and, and here on this land and, and now to be, to be tuning in with you again on this on this rainy day it's been dry for a long time so the rain here it rained all night last night and uh the bedtime story i told my my, my almost four-year-old son last night kai was uh was about the fairies who love to come out and dance when it rains at night and they've been sad for a long time because it's been dry and then tonight they got to come out and dance all night so Aww. we're pretty psyched here in sweet hollow yeah that's awesome and uh, your son is so sweet I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, doing my 300 hour with Kula was definitely shamanic and uh, mm. transformative and so much beautiful ceremony happened uh, in Tennessee in the mountains there and actually kind of had a call to that, that ceremony yesterday. I, I held space for about uh, 15 women and uh, mm. I sang the native prayer as we called on the directions, which was part of our closing ceremony in Tennessee, that native prayer song. And so today is also a really big day for me. So it just mm. seems full circle. And I'm just really grateful that you're that you're on the podcast. So top of Tuesday, we pretty much we discuss, uh, you know, your spiritual journey, like how you got onto the spiritual path. And then also, you know, your spiritual offerings or really anything that kind of just comes to mind. Hmm. So if you want to share a little bit with us about how you got on the spiritual path first. Spiritual path. I'm not sure that's the path. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see the uh, sign marker on the path as right. I was walking down it. <laughs> right. No, I, um, I, I appreciate the question. I, I think that, um, you know, origin stories are really important. We all have very unique ways of, of approaching this, this thing called spirit. Um, and mine, was uh i guess it was pretty late in life that i that i realized that my you know my, my attraction to nature I, I grew up in cities i grew up uh, i lived in pittsburgh till i was five moved to philly with my mom grew up in philly uh went to went to harvard um so i was in boston for four years and then or cambridge and then i moved pretty much right after that to guatemala city and i was in guatemala city for uh 15 years and lives lived etc i met my, my wife, Jessie, um, and then started living more in rural areas and really um, being more, I guess, consistently connected to, to, to big end nature. Um, although what you find between the cracks and in the sidewalk in Philly is, is really what, what sustained me until then, for sure. Um, and, and it was, was really when I was in Guatemala that I uncovered uh, a, a spiritual link for myself. I had been, um, fascinated by and, and very interested in, in indigenous cultures uh, throughout my childhood. I, I just uncovered one of my first book reports on, on, on uh, Chief Crazy Horse and I was like in, in fourth grade. Um, and uh, I, I'm not sure where that came from in particular. I didn't know any indigenous people <laughs> um, <laughs> until I went to Guatemala, right? And, and it was there that I, I connected with uh, a, a different way of, of 
of entering into relationship with nature that was much more intentional. Um, and that was based on this, this millennium old practice of, of relating to the unseen and also the seen in nature. Um, and, and really understanding it from a different perspective, particularly the calendar that sold game, the, the 260 day calendar. Um, mm. I, I, you know, on realized that the na- the day that I was born on is connected to guess what mother nature, right? It, mm. it it's sort of, it's, it, it is mother nature, the, the ish, the Jaguar, um, the sacred altars. And so through, uh, a, a deep, uh, kind of immersion into, the long, I wouldn't say immersion. It wasn't like I was doing it every, every day, but I was with a, a good friend who's a, who's an, a day counter in the, in the Mayan tradition. And he's um, the amazing man, Felipe. Um, and, and I got to go maybe, you know, once a month with him for like 10 years uh, going into the woods, into the mountains, into, into these beautiful uh, ancient altars that, um, vortexes that have been have been marked by the the maya people and 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 offered to for years and years and and being able to go to these places again and again and different days of the calendar and understanding the the way that they come together these energies um was really powerful and really connected me to to myself and and to nature and to spirit in a way that um that i hadn't had before and at the same time I, i had met um uh, a yogi in also in Guatemala City. Uh, I was working at the Jesuit University, uh, teaching classes in the communications department, photography, and, um, and communications and culture and things like that. And uh, and in the movement department, there was a, a Romanian yogi who was like certified by the Indian board. And I was kind of interested in yoga, so I was like, "Yes, I'm going to his class." And I got there, <laughs> and I remember um, being kind of in the waiting room and just kind of like doing my basketball kind of warm up, just kind of stamping the ground and, you know, being ready for this yoga class with a real yogi. <laughs> and this Romanian man comes in very stern and, and, and Eastern European. And, and he just looks me up and down and says, what are you preparing for? <laughs> and I was like, yoga. <laughs> um, and, and, we went in the room and, and prepared, you know, proceeded to, um, to get into a very Hatha flow. We, we practiced maybe two or three asana. Um, I don't know if you remember my classes from the, so from great. the course, but it's very, uh, it. you know, like <laughs> you work up to five minutes in each posture, um, not yin, you know, this is not about relaxing and falling into postures. It's about uh, finding the comfortable seat, the, the steer and the silkum, the, 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 the intensity married with the comfortability of, of, of what muscles can I engage? How can I explore my body through this asana? How can I in particular understand the energetic connection, earth, sky, polarity, and how different positions of my body can channel that to different areas of, of, of my energetic being that, that, um, that could use a refresh or, or a discharge or, or whatever it happens to be in the moment. So I was very into yoga. I was very into the mind spiritual practice. Uh, we were all friends. We would all go to these ceremonies together and combine um, my, both of my, both of my teachers from both ends were, were very um, open to experimenting with lots of things. So, so it was very much a marriage of, of these things together that, that, uh, that brought me onto this, the spiritual path, which, which yeah. today looks much more like, you know, me going out and, uh, and cutting out fallen trees from the way and, and, and building a deck and just, just kind of being connected to nature with my sons in a, in a, 
in a in a way that um, is le less about kind of the the, the ceremonial aspect, um, the, you know, with the big C, and and more about kind of how can I be present um, with myself, with nature, with my sons, with my wife mm -hmm. Jessie. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's I guess a, a rather long-winded. I love it. Thank you. And uh, as you were sharing, I'm like, God, I want, what's your Mayan glyph? I learned, uh, I had a woman on the podcast. Her name's Tammy uh, Foster. And she talked about the galactic Mayan calendar and she mm. uh, decoded me. I'm a yellow overtone sun. I don't know if you know what your glyph is, but yeah, I love that timekeeping system. Actually, I, I need to, to, to give a plug here. And it's um, that, that <laughs> system that you're talking about, um, is called Dream Spell. Yes, and it was created by a, a Mexican anthropologist, um, and and it doesn't. It's sort of based on the Maya. Um, my my teacher is is very critical of it. Oh, um, okay. Because it is not the the Mayan calendar. It's this guy in the seventies and eighties uh, lived with some Mayan elders and decided that he had a better way of doing it than what they were doing. Oh man. Okay. And now he's made a lot of money off of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of, a lot of distaste and, um, appropriation, uh, that's felt by, by Mayan elders who have been practicing this millennial tradition. And then when you see, you know, just what you said to me, my Maya glyph is that's not a Maya glyph. It's a glyph created by Arguelles, uh, who was an anthropologist. Yeah. Um, and he had galactic downloads, you know, uh, while he was living with these these Mayan shaman on the in the Yucatan Peninsula, that allowed him to see things clearer than they had. Hmm, so whenever okay. you hear that coming from a non-indigenous person about how they can interpret the indigenous wisdom in a better way, it's it's a it's a red flag, you know. And okay. I think that's that's another thing that I'm really passionate about: social justice and um, and 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 looking at at ways in which. Uh, we can definitely learn from indigenous cultures and mm -hmm. do it in a way that's not extractive because that has been the, the, the model that has been used, in, whether you're talking about, you know, natural resources, whether you're talking about medicines, whether you're talking about, uh, spiritual traditions, um, you know, even, even cacao ceremonies, which we right. love so much. Yeah, um, we do. How can we do this in ways that are not extractive, but rather mm. collaborative that are um, lifting us all up? And it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Every time we do a cacao ceremony, I, I, I have to ask these questions of myself. Am I doing this in a good way? Am I doing this in a way that um, supports the, the, the medicine itself, the plant, as well as the people that have kept this alive in the face of, of genocide for the past 500 years? You know, um, mm -hmm. the Spanish came in and burned every Mayan text they could find. They made big bonfires that, that lasted for weeks of all the Mayan texts that were found. And now we talk about this, this culture that died. Well, <laughs> you know, um, let's, let's look at why, let's look at how, and let's look at it still at how it's still surviving and then uplift the people that are keeping it alive in ways that, um, in ways that honor the tradition. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I, while I think that, you know, there's ways in which dream spell can be interesting and informative and, and important for people in different ways. I, 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 it's important to talk about it for what it is, you know, it's a yes. new age, um, uh, new age with, with my air quotes, if you're listening to this, <laughs> um, uh, kind of model for, for understanding, um, cosmic spirituality, which mm -hmm. 
which which may have a lot of relevance. And I don't I don't want mean to discount he his his downloads, you know. Um, right. Um, just be careful about the way it's being used and being it's being talked about. And and if it's something that interests you, you know, look at look at the real the the, the real OG. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Mayan calendar and and how this was created by people thousands of years ago, and it's more accurate than the calendar than we use today. Um, and and how is this possible? Just starting to starting to dive into even dip your toes into the 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 Mayan spirituality can, for me has opened up um, so much respect, honor of these traditions, uh, as well as um, the natural beauty that 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 supports us every day. Yeah, well, thank you, thank you so much for bringing that to context because you know I'm not a full scholar on any of those things. So, um, and also open to other opinions and, and just all the things. So I'm grateful that you said that. And I also honor that the respect for the culture and, and the traditional practices. So thank you for, for mentioning that. And you did mention cacao. Um, I know that, I guess let's, let's talk a little bit about the Kula Collective. So this is, yeah, um, yeah it's, I, I did my 300 hour shamanic yoga teacher training with Kula Collective last year, and it was so, so transformative and life-changing. So if you want to talk a little bit about uh, the Kula, that'd be great. Yeah. So um, I talked about, you know, being in Guatemala for a while and meeting, yes. meeting my wife. Uh, she had been in Guatemala for a while and like I had been there for 15 years and she had been there for like seven years or something. And we had crossed paths, but never really met. And when we finally did it, it, it ended up being uh, transformative. Uh, it was actually literally at a, at a festival on, on like Atitlan over new year's called uh, cosmic convergence. I love it. <laughs> and it was cosmic. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so I, I had been doing lots of work with uh, social innovation and creativity. That uh, I founded a co-founded a, a nonprofit in Guatemala um, called Imahitlan, which uh, had the had the mission of of bringing about the society of imagination. Really um, looking at how to bring creativity back into. We particularly worked in classrooms, so I was working with um, with middle school teachers and, uh, and preschool teachers, um, as well as also community leaders and, and thinking about how to bring more creativity. And, and through this work, I met um, a bunch of people and got trained in a facilitating process um, that, that works on collaborative design. And so I brought this back to Guatemala and I was tweaking it. I was working with it with communities and, and called it flow design um, and, and talked about lunar and solar thinking, lunar being uh, this way of, of um kind of connecting with the 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 chaotic aspect of nature so this really like letting things come in and come out without any sort of prefrontal cortex censoring of what's being said and it's it's uh it's what we think of when we typically talk about brainstorming right this i, I say everything and put it all on the board and then solar being more convergent um of, of more analytical judgmental and that creativity happens when we're able to separate these out do all our lunar thinking and then, and then do our solar thinking. I can, I can talk more about, yes. about that stuff, but, <laughs> but I want to get to your question too, because, because when I met um, these Kula folks, I was pretty uh, disgruntled, disheartened, uh, disenchanted with the nonprofit world. Um, I had been, you know, in the nonprofit world for years at that point, uh, even since college and, and found myself uh you know, unable to do the kinds of uh, things that I felt like communities 
were really saying that they needed because I, I had to translate it into what funders wanted. And then what, what funders wanted might change after a year of doing it one way. And I could, had to go back to people and I was preaching, you know, self-sufficiency. But then I was turning around and doing a song and a dance so that they would pay me. And if they didn't, then I had to turn around to my people that I was saying, you know, do your own thing. And then I had to say, do what I say, not what I do, because I can't come back. <laughs> and the, the whole idea of, you know, gathering together the crumbs from the, the, mace, the, the table of the global north and kind of distributing them at our whims in the, in the, in the global south is just problematic. And what, it, what I saw it ending up in, in Guatemala over the hundreds of years that this has been going on is people, you know, with, with their hands out when you walk into their community, okay, what's this white guy going to bring me, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what they're expecting. What project is he going to bring in here and how can I benefit from it? Um, and so I was really frustrated with that. I was looking more at the idea of building um, social business, of figuring out creative ways to leverage the value of the things we do in an economic fashion so that it can be circular and regenerative and, 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 and not reliant on these crumbs, you know? Um, so I was working on that and, and thinking about that. And, uh, and then I met Jesse, my wife, and, um, and she was working in a yoga teacher training school at that point. And I didn't, at that point, I had been uh, a little bit disenchanted with yoga as well. It turns out that my teacher and his teacher were both potential um, uh, misogynists, um, you know, lots of that, that vibe of the, the, the male yoga um, movement leader who ends up the whole point of it is sort of to, to put himself in a, in a position of power over women so that they can then, you know, the story you've heard it mm-hmm. hundreds of times. So I was disenchanted with yoga. I was disenchanted with nonprofits. I met my wife who was in this whole system of, of yoga teacher trainings, which, which looked pretty cool, but it was kind of the same thing uh, of a male owner of the company of the school um, founder who was kind of the lots of flags going off all of her friends that had been working in the similar similar schools or that school um, were also dis- disenchanted. And, and so I started to ask some questions along the lines of the, the collaborative flow design. People got interested and they agreed to come together for two or three days to do the flow design process together collaboratively, you know, decide what is it that, that our biggest challenge is right now? What's our vision? How can we overcome that? Um, it, excuse me, vision is not how we overcome that vision is why we want to overcome that. Right. It's like, Mm -hmm. once we do, what will things look like? And so we spent those two, three days coming up with a shared vision, um, between the, at that point it was 12 of us that started and some people have moved out now it's seven. Uh, but that vision and the mission that we created in those days, seven years ago, still holds true in everything that we do. And so it was really facilitating these people um, through a flow design process. And now that we've come, we've done that, you know, baking consensus, the basis for all of our decision-making, it's allowed us to uh, deepen our relationships. You know, the thing I'd say about consensus is uh, I don't believe in democracy because whenever you have a democracy, you're going to have a, 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 a disgruntled minority, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think about uh, a typical board of seven people and I want to start a new project, how many people do I have to talk to about my new project? Basically. Three other people, right? Do yeah. the math real quick. Sorry, it's early in the morning. <laughs> like, but there's three other people that I have to convince because then we're four and we're a majority. So mm-hmm. I know that there's three people that might not go along with me. I don't even talk to them. I just talk to the people that I know are on my side. The boat comes up, we vote, push it through, on we go flip this to a consensus-based model, who are the first people I have to talk to? The people that aren't 
maybe not going to vote with me because I need them to be on board with what I want to do. And so Mm -hmm. what it forces us to do is be in a relationship, deep relationship with each other, even when it's hard, especially when it's hard, uh, through, through things that, that, that make sure that as we move forward, everyone is on board and you may not be a hundred percent like, but at least you consent to moving in that direction. And so we've had very few times when there's been hard no's in the, in the history of Kula as our board. Um, when they've happened, we've stopped and we've reassessed and, and reproposed and figured out where the compromise can be met around things. So, so I think that's really like part of our secret sauce and something I'd love to see more and more of um, in these kind of social, socially minded businesses, because I believe in regenerative business. I believe that we... Um, you know, it's our creativity that's going to allow us to figure out ways to monetize things that are good for people, planet, and community, right? And not, and not just like create a poison like Pepsi and then sell enough of it that we have so much money that we can give some of it away to do good things, right? Right. Meanwhile, we're poisoning people, making the money. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we do things that are positive? So that's what Kula Collective is. And I actually did the same flow design process with Jesse and her parents and her cousins. And we ended up creating Seven Springs, which is where I'm sitting right now. Um, And it's our retreat center here in Smoky Mountains of Tennessee, where we have yoga teacher trainings, where we have uh, forest bathing, where we have permaculture and and different ways of, again, you know, we created this vision of how can we um, share the natural abundance that we live in with as many people and bring this healing uh, and heal this land as we're healing people and, 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 and have cultural and, and, and economic diversity as being a, being a for cornerstone of our, of our organization, of our business, right? Because essentially we're, we're figuring out how to make this, this value be valuable for us too. So now I can send my son to, to a, a really beautiful nature school, um, that's kind of expensive, but I can do that because we're making enough off of these good things that we're doing Mm -hmm. so that I can bring good things to my family. And that's really the kind of closed loop regenerative nature of the kinds of things that, that, that I really love to help people create. Yes. So that's the Kula (laughs) in a a nutshell. (laughs) Just in a nutshell. I love, yeah, I love the Kula so much. And seven Springs is a gorgeous retreat center. Um, I just like, I'm feeling all the emotions, just knowing that you're right there in that space. And just, I mean, yeah, the Kula training was so transformative for me. The flow design process was incredible uh, for me. Um, You know, I'm just going back to our cacao ceremony where we were painting um, and I painted this vision of my sacred heart and I'm like, wow, I, I haven't revisited those notes and I'm thinking about them right now because I am following the path of my sacred heart now. I'm mentoring with a shamanic rose priestess. So I'm diving into the divine feminine lineage um, and just following my heart doing this podcast. This came out of like nowhere a couple months ago. I got, you know, messages from my higher self to do this. So um, your flow design was uh, in- incredibly influential. And so I definitely would love for you to kind of elaborate a little bit more on that. The lunar solar design.com as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, again, in, I, I got trained in a, um, in a facilitation process called uh, um, productive thinking. And it, this comes from uh, one of my mentors named Tim Herson. I think it's really important, you know, to give 
as much credit as we can to all our teachers. My, my teacher, John Dunn, is amazing. Uh, Marga Inig is, you know, I can give some, some notes if, if you'd like. I think uh, tapping into some of these elders and, and the wisdom and where these things come from is really important. So, so anyway, I, was, I got trained in this um, with Tim and then decided that, that, that it, it needed some tweaking to, to be relevant to, to Guatemala in particular, where I was working. So I did that tweaking. And then as I started to, to work more and more in the context of these yoga teacher trainings, I realized that there was an opportunity there. Uh, there was an opportunity for people to do a design process on their lives um, that would enable them to leave you know, when you're in these uh, intensive, your process was a little less intensive than many of our, our, our trainings are. Yours was over a period of time. But even mm-hmm. still, within that period of time, it's almost like you're trying to drink from a fire hydrant, right? There's like all this stuff coming, experience, emotion, information, anatomy, you know, um, everything's coming at us. And, and when it's over, you graduate, you know, you pass your, 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 your practicums and everything goes well. And then, okay, then what? You know, that, that's really the key for any retreat experience is to say, how do we integrate this into our lives? Mm-hmm. And so what, what we realized with the Kula is that the flow design oriented towards an individual and not the collaborative and how it was created. But when it oriented towards an individual, it can be a very powerful way of gathering together all of the tools that we're learning and experiences that we're having um, toward a, a very clear vision. So intentionally gathering up the tools and then creatively implementing them over a 90 day plan. So it can be reiterated. It's not, it's not, you know, sort of a a life plan that you create. It's just a 90 day plan, kind of a prototype, if you will, um, that you can then, you can then leave the experience with, with some clarity around that. Right. So, um, so when we, we started implementing this, I started, uh, doing it over the course of the, the, you know, 25 is our, is our 200 hour, 25 days, um, or 31 days are, is our intensive, um, 300 hour and, and yours was a period of six months, uh, mm-hmm. something like that. So, so periodically coming in and doing these, um, these, these activities, which again, the, the lunar thinking and the solar thinking alternating between each one using design principles, design thinking, if you're familiar with it, was part of my um, inspiration as well of how we can conceive of um, clarifying, clarifying, clarifying what the question could be before going in and ideating. Um, Okay, this is the ways I can solve this, but really getting clear on why I want this question and then how I can bring it forward. And then, okay, finally, at the end of the process, it's what will I do? Oh, maybe I'll make a podcast. Maybe I'll, I'll start studying with a, with a, with a shamanic teacher. Maybe I'll, you know, like those are some of the things that come out of it as potentials, but um, it's been a really powerful process. And actually one of the first uh, people that was in the 200 hour that I was leading uh, did the flow design. Uh, her name is Jean Viev. Uh, she's in, um, she's in Quebec. Um, she's, she's French speaker and she's actually the, 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 the founder of our of our French wing of Kula, we like to call it Kulala. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but Jean Viev is, is a really beautiful soul. Um, we love working with her. She's done ama- doing amazing things, um, uh, bring, translating a lot of what we do into French. And so she had a really amazing experience with the flow design. You know, similar to what you said. Afterwards, she just started manifesting the things that were on her list and manifesting and manifesting her and. And she, and then she did our 300 hour and then she did our, uh, the facilitation design course, which is the one that I teach around how to, um, how to facilitate. It's a five day intensive 
focused on lots of practicums about how you design educational experiences, um, which is which is really sort of the root of, of my passions. And, and she loved the flow design process so much that she said, let's do something together. Uh, I'd like to use this. Um, how can we do this? So together we've we've created this lunar solar design um, and it's it's a definitely a work in progress, but uh, but we have templates which are essentially available that will lead you individually through it. So if you would like to try the slow design process, um, you can you can look on lunarsolodesign.com and download for free this template and, and, and go through it. And then what's in the works are um, individual coaching as well as cohorts. Uh, you do it yourself, but you do it together with a group of people, which is sort of like the way you did it. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of insight can come when you bounce off uh, with other people, these kinds of experiences. So um, really excited about Lunar Slow Design. Also using it um, uh, intentionally as a way to support entrepreneurs and in creating initiatives. Um, people that have dreams for land projects um, get together and think about all the possibilities before you, you develop a, a strategy and, and be, be intentional about the design that in, in the way that you can access your creativity because that's hard enough, right? I mean, let's be honest. It's hard enough to access our own creativity yep. without our ego getting in the way, without our, uh, our self-doubt. Um, if we can get to the point where we access our own creativity, imagine how hard it is then to do it with somebody else. Mm -hmm. right? And I, I really firmly believe that the challenges that we're facing in the world today are not challenges that are going to be solved by one person, by one person's ideas. These are things that are being created by big group. These are challenges, which are very often, think about this, being created by large groups of people intentionally coming together to think about how quickly and how profitably they can extract resources and use them. And, and, and there's people that are spending billions of dollars thinking about how to continue extracting as much oil as possible from the earth over the next 50 years. And they're spending lots of intentional strategic design doing this, right? Not just on the technological front, but also on the social front, how to keep people interested and in, in dependent on fossil fuels, how to, you know, all these aspects. And so if we want to come up with solutions, it's not individually that we're going to be able to do this. And, and so when we get collective, we come into issues, especially in spiritual communities. And, and this is part of our path, right? That, mm -hmm. you know, I'm more spiritual than now. <laughs> it comes up a lot, right? But like, how can we, and that's ego. And ego, mm -hmm. if I, especially if I'm accessing my creativity, my ego is, is alive. And so how does my ego interface with somebody else's ego in a way that's going to actually align us and bring us into better, more creative solutions rather than just kind of a, my idea, your idea kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's what this, that's what the intention of, um, of flow design is, is, is to give people and teams and groups tools um, and supported facilitated space. Cause that's another aspect that's really important that, that when we're just on our own trying to replicate these things, it's easy to fall into patterns and having an external facilitator that supports the process can, can really um, be the difference of, of how, how firm the foundations are of, of what we end up creating and how, you know, how high we build and, and how quickly we can build needs needs that that fast foundation and i and i guarantee that that the solutions that are going to save this world are are deeply fundamented and and they need to be quick and they need to get really high and big and, they, and, and so so figuring out how to do this um i've heard a lot of people talk about scalability and i'm not mm -hmm. such a huge fan of scalability i mean if you look at the way nature scales it's completely individual every tree on, in this forest every leaf on every tree 
is its own unique. And so it's not like scaling, finding the perfect leaf and then figuring out how every tree get every yeah. tree to grow it. It's how to get, you know, how to get things going in ways that are uniquely suited to where they are and where and, and the time that they're in. Right. So, mm -hmm. so I feel like flow design is a really important tool for supporting groups and individuals to do that. I agree. I thought it was magnificent and I feel like I could just listen to you talk about things all day. Hence why I did the training. I learned so much from you and the other founders as well. An amazing, brilliant group of people that really care about, you know, the earth and care about different cultures and care about people and growth. And it just was such a fundamental part of my yogic journey and spiritual journey. Um, so if people want to connect with you or connect with Kula, I know you, you all have some trainings that are kind of ongoing. Um, how can people connect with the Kula or how can they connect with you? I know you mentioned lunarsolardesign.com. I'll include that link um, in the podcast, in your bio and everything so people can click there. But is there anything else that you wanted to share or in a, ways, a way that people can connect with you? Yeah, the Kula Collective. Uh, that's T H E K U L A Collective. dot uh, com is our Kula site, and that's really the center of of, of everything that we have going on. We we just actually introduced um, later this afternoon. I'll be doing a, a live Q and A uh, about this new model. Um, we've we've been hearing a lot of, from our students about how uh, how to make things more accessible, and also also dealing with the transition piece that I talked about before. So what we've come up with is this, is this new fusion model, which, um, which what it does is it brings together some of the, the benefits of doing things online uh, with the benefits of coming together in person. Um, so, so I think your group had some of that in you know, the, the six month period, but what this does is it has a, a, a call a month before uh, the retreat and then a 15 day retreat, which is more accessible because it's cheaper room and board, it's less time you have to take off work. Um, and then another call afterwards to, to sort of check in on the flow design process. Um, and so we're really excited about this new model. Um, and you can go to the coolacollective.com to, to find out more about it and, and, and where we're, where we're, we're unrolling it, um, unveiling it. And yeah, uh, here in seven Springs, we have training coming up in, in August, uh, seven springs retreats.org, uh, excuse me, seven springs retreats.com is, uh, is our is our site here, and so we have everything from weekend uh, getaways to uh, Jesse and I are leading a couples retreat um, for for thinking about how to 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 be together as 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 couples. Did hurt? I mean, she's the rock uh, to to my life for sure. I adore and, her. Yeah, <laughs> she's I don't know so wonderful. Do and our relationship <laughs> is the root of 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 my happiness in so many ways, um, of, of our co-parenting, the way that we, we come together to raise our boys. Um, and, and so, so thinking about relationships, um, is something that's really important for us in, in, in sharing some of our experience. And so it's a, it's just a low key, um, we'll do some hiking, we'll do some yoga, that kind of thing. And, 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 and come with your, your, your significant other, other and, and, uh, and, and think about how to, to, to more authentically relate with each other. So that's just one of the things that we're doing. Um, yeah, and it's all on the coolacollective.com or sevenspringsretreats.com or lunarsolardesign.com. I, I just feel like I keep creating all these comms. <laughs> it's you great. Imahitlan.org was my nonprofit. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll include that link too, although it's mm -hmm. not super active these days, but um, definitely moving away from the .org to, toward the .com in a way that's, that's regenerative. Right? Will there be delicious food at that retreat? 
Oh, you know it. I Olivia was thinking. Oh, I was thinking days. about. Um, oh Sunil? my God! Yes. Oh, hey, Sunil. Sunil, if you're listening, yeah. I made some delicious kale puttanesca pasta last night, and mm. I thought about Sunil. I'm like, God, this is this tastes good. Like something like Sunil would make. But we miss Sunil. Sunil hasn't been out this year, but he'll be out um, as part of the YTT. He'll be he'll be sharing some of the some of the food that love he that. loves to make. Love that. Well, give your love um, or give my love to Jesse and your children. And thank you so much for, for being my guest uh, today. Uh, if, you know, any listeners, uh, if you feel the call, check out Kula Collective. It definitely changed my life. And uh, thank you so much, everybody. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks.